drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on everybody? It is Wednesday here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm your host, Derek Oakry, always filling up that glass with Honolulu blue flavor Kool-Aid for you. Drink it in uh... side of cornbread. Cornbread! Make it a double. Cornbread! And uh, this is normally the week where I'd have Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated All Lions on the show. But, uh, man, he's got a lot going on, both uh, work-wise, family-wise, uh, football-wise. He's just slammed. So I was like, hey, let me just let me just do a solo show. Let me get this in. i got lots to talk about. And uh, we hope to get Logan back uh, next month or so before the draft. Talk some NFL draft, which would be uh, tremendous. So here's what I want to do. This is a jam-packed show. I'm going to try to get through it in a timely manner, but also give you guys some fun um, Detroit Lions things to hear about today. I'd like to talk about the free agent ads, just give you uh, who they got, what I think about it. Then I want to jump into, I quickly rumbled through a full first round mock and also got that uh, Lions second round pick in. So I'm going to actually go through that and tell you um, very briefly, kind of uh, every pick, uh, who I think might go in those slots, why, and just move my way through that. And then the back part of the show, I want to talk quickly about some of the guys the Lions quote unquote missed on and tell you maybe why those weren't a miss and why you should be uh, optimistic and excited as well as give you a Lions seven round mock where I'll just focus on the picks I made why I made them and the players that I took to finish out the show so everybody as I often say we can't mess around we got to get up into this lots to talk about so let's do this now let's talk about who the Lions added like in in my opinion they started out just adding base depth type guys we're talking about guys like you know, Josh Woods, C.J. Moore, J.C. Cabinda, you know, and then they went a little tier above that and they were like, let's bring Alex Anzalone back because he's got great hair. He's a good dude and he played pretty decent at times last year. And then they said, well, if we can get a backup quarterback for two mil in this market, I mean, that just seems worth it on the surface. Now, Tim Boyle does wear a bonnet on the top of his head. He kind of wears that Nike dry fit. Uh, supposed to be more like a headband, but he wears it up on like the crown of his head, covering up his uh, unique haircut that he has. So if Tim Boyle would pull that down onto his forehead, I'd have much more respect for him. And, and uh, you know, he, he did a couple things. He's a nice clipboard holder. You know, he's a 2-3 quarterback in the league, maybe. Um, the Lions obviously could do better if they wanted to spend. But why spend on a guy that's going to hold a clipboard and just stand there with sweatpants on for the whole year, hopefully? So, um, you know, those were just like the baseline moves. Again, a couple of their guys there that are just filling out the bottom of the roster. But we're talking about who they added. I mean, that first big ad that everybody was waiting for, who the line's going to do, are they going to do this guy or that guy? 
it ended up being kind of the homegrown guy bringing him back, Tracy Walker, three years, $25 million. Now, you guys have heard me here on the show talk about, man, you know, they, they took Tracy initially, you know, not really on my draft radar, seemed sort of like a reach at that point. Then you read up on him, you see him play that first year and a half or so, and you're like, man, this guy's got the build. Looks like he could be good safety. He's got the crazy go-go gadget arms. He seems like he has a good mentality. I can see this guy starting pretty quick. And then next thing you know, he really did have that nice back half of the season, made a couple plays. You're like, man, we might have a safety here that can play. Since then, you know, he's been out there. I think he only has two interceptions the last two to three seasons. He makes a lot of tackles, which we've talked about on the show, whether they're 10 yards down the field or not can be debated, I guess, but he's a hard-nosed guy. He He's very open and honest, not only with the media, but with himself as a person, which you got to like, as well as he seems like a guy that I think he even said it himself. He's like, the locker room loves me. You know, he seems like a guy that just has a great vibe about him, loved in the locker room. I, I like this signing. I mean, when you break it down, what's that, like eight, eight mil or so on average? Yeah, I know the first year they do the, the crazy, you know, he only makes a couple million dollars and then the cap it goes up to 10, 12 plus. We get all that. That is kind of manipulated that way. But he seems happy to be back in the fold. I haven't heard his full interview yet. But word was he loves the coaching staff, happy to be back. He's got unfinished business. He's learning a lot. He's, you know, they're developing football players, both him and other guys. So, I mean, I mean, you got to take a sip of that Detroit Kool-Aid to that. You know, Tracy Walker back in the fold for the Detroit Lions. Drink it in. I think he's been a little bit underwhelming and people are like we could have got this guy we could have got Marcus Williams we could have got that safety we needed a full overhaul I mean we need to have Tracy play a bit better and we need Will Harris to either get off the field <laughs> off the roster or figure himself out a little lot better but I think they'll definitely upgrade that other spot as well so Tracy steps up and you get a good running mate with him it could be a nice next couple year, two, three years with this guy, number 21 for the Detroit Lions. So let's keep this thing rolling. Next big one. Again, they, they signed a few more of their own guys in between, but DJ Chark, wide receiver, Jacksonville Jaguars, only 25 years old, about 6'3", you know, around that 200-pound mark. This is a guy I've really loved in fantasy football for a while now. Now, when he got was coming out, I remember him kind of being that mid-round target. Um, as a receiver, he had a lot of freaky athleticism. But then he went high, high in the second round to the Jaguars, and it seemed like a little bit of a reach, a little bit of a took too early on this guy. But sure enough, he came out, and before you knew it, he was kind of the you know number two, and they worked his way up to kind of be the guy there in Jacksonville. He can beat you up over the top. He can score touchdowns in the red zone. I've always thought he's kind of a smooth route runner. And when I say smooth route runner, I don't mean, man, they just chop you up and run every route tree. No, I mean that he's like long and angular, but he has speed. He can also, he just sort of has a smooth game, silky game as I like to call it, where, you know, I think I called him on Twitter. You guys can find me at Derek Okru. I was like, I feel like he's sort of like a either a poor man's, as we often have said here on the show. Hold on. Let, 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 me, let me give that a bell just for old time's sakes. 
kind of a poor man's AJ Green or kind of like AJ Green a step down or two from when he was coming out where man he's just long and angular but he could always get open the ball's in his area code he'll catch it Uh, I really like this signing a lot and the reason I like it a lot is two reasons it's a one-year $10 million with a few incentives to get you up to 12 so yeah that's not you know chump change but it's also not ridiculous it's only a one-year commitment and between Chark and Reynolds, those are the type of guys you need to have around a St. Brown, a Khalif Raymond, a, you know, another slot outside type player that you either draft or that you bring into this team. So I think he has the absolute perfect kind of skill set and upside for the type of guys you either currently have or you'll add, kind of rounding out that basketball team at the receiver position that you are trying to find. So DJ Chark, man, I like this a lot. Now, I'm also going to say I'm always optimistic. I'm always drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. But, yes, this has some boomer bust to him because DJ Chark also has a little bit of pretty boy in him. He has a little bit of too much swag where he's going to be wearing the gold chains. He's going to have the Versace everything. Um, you know, he's going to be, you know, he's often injured. So there are definitely things, too, that are worrying me. I don't know that he's the gritty, grimy type football player, but I think Dan Campbell will not only instill some of that in him, but this team obviously needs talent, which I think DJ Chark has. So it'll be a little bit of a give and take. Hopefully he'll bring his speed, ability, talent. Hopefully the team itself will rub off a little bit of grit, grimy Detroit on him. He'll stay out of the clubs. He will be balled out on the football field, and we will be excited for this year he has, and then see what happens. You want to bring him back? You want to let him go? Does he want? Does he earn a bunch of money? Does he not play that well? You could bring him back a little bit cheaper. That's all TBD for DJ Chark, which, again, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. I like this signing a lot. Drink it in The last major one I want to hit on that the Lions have added so far as I'm recording here is Charles Harris, another guy that they're bringing back from last year's team. And I know one of the beasts with a lot of Lions fans, even the Kool-Aid drinkers, is like, why are we bringing all these guys back from a three-win football team? Like, why are we filling out the roster with guys that were just here because we were just rolling the balls out last year trying to see what we got, save money, and, you know, wait till we figure this whole rebuild, retool out? Well... The reason you bring back Charles Harris at two years, 14 mil, is because he earned it, man. This guy was a former first-round pick. He bounced around to a couple different teams, Miami, Atlanta, whatever. And he came to Detroit. He got after the passer. He um, has a kind of a relentless motor. He had that at Missouri coming out. I remember liking him in the draft process coming out. Um, he was kind of in that range where he was a Lions target. I think they were picking in the 20s at that point. And Charles Harris, I think, went a few picks before they ended up selecting. But it was a guy I liked. Of course, yes, he did underperform. But he did find a nice fit here. He loves it in Detroit. He loves his coaching staff. And he earned this money because he got after the quarterback. He got sacks. You saw him getting TFLs, um, making other types of tackles all over the field. And he played a lot. But he's a nice depth edge rusher. And depending on what they do in the draft and otherwise, he could be more than that. It could be him and Romeo at each edge trying to rush the passer next year where you upgrade all types of other spots. So Charles Harris, man, I'm happy to have him back. He's not a world beater. He's not an ultimate game changer. But I thought he earned it. Again, numbers can be deceiving. Is he a $7 million type player in the league? 
eh, with the money they're handing out, maybe. But he also, that's probably tweaked a little bit where, you know, based on incentives and based on playing time and based on if he fully, you know, plays the full two years. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I thought it was nice to reward a guy that wants to be here, bring him back, as well as Charles, pin your ears back. Go get the quarterback. And we'll be drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. Real excited if you can do that next year and the year after. Drink it in, man. Cornbread. All right, so so that's my ads. Let's get into this real quick. I threw together on my ultimate big draft sheet that I got. It's actually like a draft sheet, a free agent. It's got all types of info here that I'm just compiling as we go through this process. I have been the last however many years here, but I'm just going to go through this pretty quickly, but I have this nice tool where I can just quickly drop and add people in different slots, go through a, a quick first round moxie where I, guys might fall. So this is how I have it going in round one of the NFL draft. Now, if I say that, I mean, you know, I got to do two things, right? I got to hit this music when the Detroit Lions pick. And as I get into it, gosh, I might as well just put this in the background, don't you think? <laughs> That's that NFL draft music. Oh, baby. Now, let me pull that down to about there. Hopefully, that's in the background, but you'll still hear my takes here because I got lots to say. So, at pick number one, it appears with the Jags going heavy, that's going to be Aiden Hutchinson, which is very disappointing for me and all the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there, but that's okay. Right now, with the second pick in the NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select... It was a tough choice. I got a few names. We're letting the process play out a little bit more, but I'm taking Trayvon Walker, Edge, 6'5", 272, long arms, can play a lot of different positions from the University of Georgia there at number two. You got to go pass rush over all else. I felt like he flew up the boards, and I like the guy. He looks like an ultimate pro to me. The third pick, I got Houston taking Kyle Hamilton, the safety. Pick four, the Jets. I've got him taking Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. At pick five, some people's favorite here in this town, Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't know if he loves football. I don't know if he's going to be an absolute beast, but I put him at the five slot here in this mock. Then I got Iki Aquanu at pick six to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, pick seven. I've got the New York Giants taking Jermaine Johnson. And now that I'm looking at this, I don't even know. I may not have the all, all these trades that have been going on. I may not even have the, uh, the right order when I'm looking at this. But Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State, I love. Atlanta at pick eight. I mean, who you got to go do, give to Atlanta? Sauce. <laughs> you say Atlanta, I say sauce. <laughs> sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, the cornerback. Um, so Denver would be picking at nine, but you know they traded that to Seattle. So I'm going to go with Jordan Davis here at ten. The New York Football Jets because they took a. Um, I had him taking the offensive tackle. Now I've got him going with Derek Stingley Jr., the corner out of LSU. This guy could go anywhere from top five or ten all the way into the twenties. I thought, you know, the Jets have no corners that I can even name really that are any good. So we'll go ahead and give them Stingley. For Washington, again, the quarterback, this, that, and the other has all been talked about. 
I went with George Karloftis from Purdue. He just seems like he's getting a lot of buzz, a very solid pick, a Ron Rivera type of guy, so that's what I went with. Pick 12, David Ojabo. Um, the edge rusher from Michigan goes to the Vikings. They always seem to just take those leaps on either corners or edges or inside guys, whatever it is, trying to beef up their defense. At 13, Cleveland, I went with Garrett Wilson. He's a hometown kid. Word going around is he'd like to play there, and they would like to put other weapons on that team. So I went that route. 14 with Baltimore. I just feel like Baltimore always just takes big, nasty football players. So I gave them Trevor Penning, probably the nastiest player in this draft. Offensive tackle, Northern Iowa. At 15, the Eagles. It must be nice to have 15 and 16. The Eagles, I went with Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah, and then Drake London, the wide receiver from USC. At 17 with the Chargers, I got Chris Olave. Man, he's going to be a problem if he goes out in that nice weather and has Herbert throwing the football. We've got the New Orleans Saints right now at 18 without a quarterback. We'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson and other things. I've got him taking Malik Willis here at 18. At And I do think Watson will go either to Atlanta or the Panthers. And ultimately, I kind of would like the Panthers. I don't know why. It just feels like him out there. And hopefully they keep Christian McCaffrey around. That could be special. But we'll see what happens. The Eagles, after going linebacker and wideouts, I gave him kind of a safer pick. Charles Cross, offensive tackle. The Steelers. Now, this feels like a real Steelers pick to me. It feels like they've kind of been maneuvering their offensive line. I couldn't really fully remember if they've addressed the center position yet, but I don't think they have. So I'm going to go with Tyler Lindenbaum from Iowa here. as just that rock in the middle like they seem to have with the Pouncey uh, in there and other players before my day with 21 with new england let's go with the Devonte wyatt the three tech from georgia this dude's 63304 it just felt like a big old nasty beast and that's what the patriots seem to love are those interior big physical type players might be too high for him but we'll see what happens 22 i've got Traylon burks wide receiver from arkansas this guy is kind of falling down the draft board, but you know who will take him? The Las Vegas Raiders, if he's there at 22, because he's big, he has huge hands, he runs kind of fat. Well, he didn't run very fast at the combine, that's half his problem. But they, they're always looking to just add these wide receivers and this, that, the other. So if they don't get a Devontae Adams or, you know, traded that way, or they may have to go this route. 23, the popular pick seems to be Zion Johnson, the interior guard center from Boston College. They need help on the offensive line. Let's go 24 to Dallas. I went with Andrew Booth Jr., corner. Clemson, again, I never feel like Dallas has any of those elite corners other than their boy Diggs, who obviously make a ton of plays. You get another corner. That help out that defense. You know, you got weapons and flashy names. Probably get Von Miller. They probably get, you know, Wagner at linebacker. And then you plug a kid like this in to help lock up the outside. Uh, Buffalo, to me, DeMarvin Leal. This is a really good five tech that's out there. I feel like he'll get in the first round. And, and again, I just have Malik Willis going to Tennessee because I hate Ryan Tannehill. He's terrible. I've been telling you that forever, and he proved it in the playoffs. Kenny Pickett. 
to probably replace him after one year or be, once he stumbles this year, to be honest, and, and, and go there as the next quarterback. Feels like a Tennessee-type player. You know, I don't like Kenny Pickett either, so it's just another ho-hum quarterback for the Titans who I can't stand. Um, Tampa Bay, again, they just traded for an offensive guard, but I had them going with Kenyon Green before they did so, offensive guard, so probably adjust that pick. 28 to Green Bay. I mean, I just felt like, you know, they're going to try to add weapons for that smug, pompous. I mean, you guys know who he is. Number 12, the guy nobody can stand there in Green Bay. I gave him Jahan Dotson. This feels like an inside-outside type wide receiver that, yeah, he doesn't feel like a Green Bay guy, but he also, um, you know, seems like what they would need to kind of get them up over the hump offensively. 29, I've got Nicobe Dean going to the Dolphins. They just seem like they need a tackling machine, do-it-all captain-type defense. Captain of the defense, linebacker, so I gave him them. 30 with Kansas City, I've got Daxton Hill, the safety from Michigan, who I like his skill set a lot. And I like Daxton Hill's brain. I feel like he's going to win at the NFL level based on how he thinks and how he uh, makes plays before they are made type of thing. And Kansas City is moving on from the Honey Badger and going a different direction, so Dax Hill would be a starting safety for them. At 31, I got Trent McDuffie, cornerback Washington. I don't know if this guy would get in the first round, but I was looking around, I was like, gosh, I don't really love any of these other fits for Cincy, and again, their cornerbacks always seem to be skeptical. It kind of cost them, I don't know, the Super Bowl, so I went with that. And that left at 32 to the Detroit Lions, a pick that I think you guys are going to like. With the 32nd pick, the Detroit Lions select Jamison Williams, wide receiver, 6'2", 188, fast as could be. Yes, he's hurt, but we got time, and he's a hell of a ball player, so that would be tremendous. At 33 for Jacksonville, I took Perion Winfrey, this kid from Oklahoma, inside tight defensive tackle, was getting some love, and that left at 34, lots of options. But I've taken a rush player, both edge and outside, I've taken a flashy, exciting wide receiver that would add to Chark and Reynolds and St. Brown. So give me Jalen Petrie, safety from Baylor. Yes, I took him over Brisker. Yes, I took him over some other options that were out there for the Detroit Lions. When they compare Jalen Petrie to my boy Winfield down there in Tampa Bay, who I loved. What was that, a couple years ago when he was coming out in the draft process? He gets his hands on football. Petrie will come down and play the run. He can uh, you know, move around at safety. I think it'd be a nice pairing, a guy that Tracy could bring along, and I just really like his ascension here in this draft process. 6'2", 6'3", about 200 pounds. Really like his game a lot. His tape is fun to watch. And that would give the Lions three really nice picks. Heading into round three where they got two more draft picks coming. So, lots to be excited about, Detroit Lions fans. Lots to get rolling on this team. And that is your first round full Oakry mock draft here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I mean, you got to drink that in, right? Drink it in, man. Everybody, that was a fun first segment, a little bit longer as they often go here on the show, but uh, let's go ahead and get up out of here, get our great sponsors in here, and we still got a whole back half of the show where I'm going to tell you where the Lions didn't miss, why they're making smart decisions, and then I'm going to give you 
a live Oakery mock that I did, picking for the Lions, tell you who I picked, why I picked them, and we'll see if that shakes out in about a, uh, gosh, just a little over a month, the NFL Draft will be here. So everybody, be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Detroit Goulet drinkers are back from the break. Thanks so much for the sponsors. Always love uh, Anchor Podcasts and Spotify and Reality Sports Online. And as I told you on multiple shows here, you got to go check out Pro Football Focus, All-22 Fantasy Football. They're doing big things and uh, lots of great stuff out there. So we love not only our sponsors, but some of these other great um, groups and partners that we talk about here on the show. So let's go ahead and get into this back half of the show. And uh, before I do that, I mean, I think it's only right to fill up that glass with Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, And I want to tell you why, like, a lot of people will say, oh, man, the Lions didn't do this. They didn't do that. Why aren't they aggressive? Man, they, they weren't signing big names. They weren't doing this. Like, the one thing I tweeted out kind of after that first day of free agency is, like, just because they didn't come out guns a-blazing, Yes, they had more capital. Yes, they are trying to improve this football team. But, and I know fans don't want to hear, be patient. I'm getting sick of saying it. I'm getting sick of, how oh, build it up, you know, wait and see. I'm pretty sure they'll be good in the next couple of years. Yes, we want to win it right now. But there's something to free agency where 
you know, you don't have to go out and spend the most money. Er, the Jacksonville Jaguars. You don't have to overpay for players, Jacksonville. You know, like, you have to go out there and be tactful about it. You have to have targets. You have to have guys you love, guys you know are going to fit what you currently have on your team. The thing I've been saying about fantasy football in the draft is you want to get you want to get quality football players, you want to fill positions of need, and you want to do it at good value. So the fact the Lions didn't go out and like fill needs but get horrible value or go out and spend a bunch of money but get you know, questionable football players, I think was fine. You know, I think wait and see what happens and then react to what happens. And uh, very prudent to sort of let the first few days of free agency go by, let the market level out, kind of see who's back out there and go from there. And and Brad Holmes has done that, but he's also not been afraid to pay Tracy, get Chark in here, um, you know, address some of his depth, some guys they like from last year. You know, again, there's something to rewarding people that were here last year, love being here, um, seem to, you know, going to be producers on the football field. Sometimes I do think we pay too much for potential or maybe or wow, look at his athleticism. Like, did he make plays when he was out there? Did he was he productive? If so, that's worth something as well. So that that's my whole thing is just sort of hang tight, let it play out. Don't freak out type of thing. And I think that. You know, that paid off well because people are going to tell you, oh, man, the Lions, they had their they were locked down. Marcus Williams. I told you here on this show. I mean, I understood all the reasons why people were like, oh, Marcus Williams, he's, a, you know, been productive. He's been pretty consistent in the league. He's at a position of need. There's players and coaches on this team that know him. Everything seemed to be going in the direction of he's a fit here. But I'm just here to tell you, like, for his consistent as productive as he is he's not a guy that wows me and what would he get five years 70 million dollars from the baltimore ravens like that's not something that i felt was have to have you know it, i wouldn't have minded if they signed him i would have liked it if it was at a, a you know good number and i knew it's going to be expensive but to me it wasn't a have to have him so all you guys out there that are bummed out or like think we're we just made a mistake because brock tracy back and he's no good or he can't turn the football over no i i think he has not only upside but he's got a lot of great attributes physically and and, and mentally as well that maybe you're just coming around in their own right now and and you could say oh, well maybe he's going to be terrible he's going to be a 10 million dollar safety that can't make plays well you could go that route, I guess, too. But Marcus Williams, to me, wasn't going to make or break this football team. So to me, that they probably just talked to him. They waited it out. They decided the price point was too high. And, of course, Marcus Williams wants to go to Baltimore where he can win right away. And he's around a bunch of other studs and a very established organization. Like, no problem. Like, I'd never expect Detroit to be everyone's first or second choice. I mean, unless you pay the ultimate top dollar, which I think Brad Holmes has been smart to not do up to this point. The other guy a lot of people were talking about, again, Allen Robinson, hometown guy, wide receiver. I I like the upside, the short-termness, and the um, just the physical traits of DJ Chark more than Allen Robinson, and I like Allen Robinson. I've liked him for a long time, both in fantasy football and just as a person. But you hear all these great things. Oh, he's a great teammate. He's the ultimate professional. He, you know, you'll hear everybody here. He's born here. His family's here. You know, all those things that are going for him. But he still has not signed, and everyone's saying $20 million plus. You were thinking, could he come to Detroit on a discount? That probably wasn't going to happen, even though I threw that out there a couple times. So 
I think the Lions just said, hey, this is a better route for where we're at as a football team. Allen Robinson will probably go to uh, playoff championship caliber team. He's due to have another big year. He had a couple thousand yard seasons and then he fell off big time last year. He hasn't had that consistency at quarterback. I think he would have been fine here. I think he would have been great here, but I think the dollar value, unless he was willing to make a deal, just never was going to make sense. So I'm not too worried about that one as well. You know, I had people on the old Twitter machine talking about, oh, you know, we should have got Braxton Berrios. Really? Really? Like Braxton Berrios was a guy coming out that had a little buzz. He didn't do anything for a couple of years. He kind of showed up last year. He got like a, a Josh Reynolds, like a two-year 12, but it's a lot more fully than Josh Reynolds got, which ended up being like a couple million this year for Josh Reynolds, which is a heck of a heck of a deal and heck of a play by Brad Holmes. So I don't know. I mean, to me, it's just I don't. I don't think they missed on those two big targets. I also don't think they missed by being the, wow, look at what the Lions are doing. Wow, the Lions came out and spent a bunch of money. Wow, the Lions are really going to change their whole team with a couple free agent signings. No. You know how the Lions are going to change their team? If Jared Goff learns how to throw, (laughs) if he's better in 2022, and oh, by the way, they have a run game and an offensive line, and now they seem to have a unique, interesting receiving core, and they've got... T.J. Hawkins. And here's a thought. How about you get a defense that can actually make plays, get after the quarterback? And here's another thought. Turn the football over for once and stay healthy. So those are the things they're going to win, not a couple flashy free agent signings on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday um, here on the first week of free agency. So I would not worry Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, don't listen to the people that say this to you. Hey, Kool-Aid drinker and, you know, cornbread muffin and all that. Just hold up your glass with pride. Drink it in, man. Drink it in, man. Side of cornbread. Cornbread! You know it's got to be a double. Cornbread! And keep following what we're doing here on the Kool-Aid cast while this football team not only gets it together, but can be a very sneaky, exciting team before you know it here in the National Football League. So the the other thing I'm wondering about, a couple quick hitters, like the Lions, there's been a lot of buzz about them running a 4-2-5. Four guys up front, two linebackers, and then you got your corners and safeties making up those other fives, kind of their main defense. Now, if this is the case, I think people need to be ready that a N'Kobe Dean, a Devin Lloyd, even a Christian Harris, those might not be like top guys the Lions are looking at if they don't like overly value the linebacker position. They just got Derek Barnes. They've got a couple other guys they like. And if you're only playing two at a time, you may not want to invest heavily unless you think, all right, we got Derek Barnes and this other stud, and they're going to play a ton of snaps and be our core. I mean, maybe, but I still need to not only see more from Derek Barnes. I have high expectations, but you just don't know what he is right now. So I'm not penciling him in as well. Him and another guy is just dynamic duo for the next you know, five, six years. I'm not doing that by any means at this point. So if you're only going to play two linebackers, people might just need to be ready that that's not a position they value. So you'd spend it on the safeties. You spend it maybe on another corner as well as they, they kind of have their boys up front. You got a lean, you got big denim, Levi owns a reek. You got Romeo who you paid. You've got um, Charles is coming back. You've got Romeo's brother. Who's starting to come into his own. You might add, I don't know, Trayvon, you know, like, <laughs> This is exciting stuff that's kind of coming together, but 
it's just things to think about as we get to the draft where even if some of these backers are like great value and man, they play great college, like the Lions may not value them as much if that's the type of usage they're going to have. Two guys most of the time, as well as they already have some guys that they've brought back, paid, and that they've drafted and that they like. Um, you know, their draft plans, you know, now are obviously changing by the minute depending on who they can add and what they can do I I feel like the Lions are set up really nice to after those first four or five picks I think fans are going to be so excited at what they see like wow like you thought free agency we added a couple interesting guys look at this first four or five picks of the draft like really quality starters I think you can get in those positions I think it's going to be really exciting and we might as well get to it. So I haven't done a mock draft. I was trying to knock out mock drafts on Friday where I was like, do one on the uh, draft network using their mock draft machine and then put it out. And normally like it's hard to fit the picture and the link and the, the breakdown. So normally I just put it out there and say, hey, you know, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what's your thoughts? Or, hey, you know, here's what I was thinking and why I went this route. But uh, I was like, let me just do one on the pod on the back half of the show. So I just threw one together, and I I always try to challenge myself with these where I either make a pick that is a little different maybe than I would, or, hey, let's take this guy and see how it shakes out. So let's get right into it. I went and did a seven-round mock, and with the second pick in this mock, I went the same way that I did in my Oakery full first round. I gave you Trayvon Walker, the edge from Georgia. I can definitely make a case for Kyle Hamilton. I'm not freaking out about the combine where people now seem really down on him. I also wasn't on the front end like, oh, Kyle Hamilton's the greatest player in this draft. I do think he's a quality guy, a turnover machine, and a a physical specimen. So he's not off my radar. Quarterback's not totally off my radar if the rest of the roster fills out and they feel like you just want to take one there. And trade down, all those other options are available. But Trayvon Walker from Georgia, I think, again, just looks like a pro. I think he'd come in, could play a lot of different spots, get after the quarterback, big physical guy. And uh, that's the pick I like there. I let the board fall, 32. I was looking around, lots of good football players on the board at 32. The value to me, and I know people aren't going to like this because I've been on here too talking about let's roll with golf, but... If he's there and with 32, if you don't trade out, you're going to make a selection. To me, it was much more valuable to make this selection than safety, wide receiver, you know, linebacker, any of the other positions you could make. So at 32, I don't think he'll be there in real life. But again, as I always say when I do my mock drafts, if they're there, I take him. I don't overthink, oh, he would have went 17. Well, he didn't in this mock, right? So I took him. And, uh, that was Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty. Now, rocket arm. I like that he can run with his legs. I like his leadership. I like his character. I know he has questions about why he didn't make it at Auburn and why he, you know, with competition he had at Liberty. Uh, he's a little bit of a project. My whole thing is we have time to develop this guy. He's got a couple very strong traits that you look for, big-time arm, can run the football, and the leadership. So I would make that pick, even though, yes, I agree, next year there's some tremendous prospects. You don't know what next year is going to hold. You also can't play this ultimate waiting game, and you already did in this draft. Waiting to 32 and having a guy like Malik Willis be there felt like, hey, 
I've waited around enough. Yes, I could have just loaded up on talent, but if you're really trying to say in a real draft, I think I would take Malik Willis because of his traits and because of the value, getting the fifth-year option, everything that comes with it. So that's the pick I made. Same with pick 34. Like, there were just so many good options and so many people that could help the Lions, but I had to make a pick. So there were multiple receivers on the board. Christian Watson, who I love. There was Brisker was still on the board. You know, multiple other players. And I was like, you know what I'm going to take here based on who I think could fit with the Lions currently have and maybe be the biggest impact as well as the best value at the time, which Malik Willis was the best value at the time. And I'm going to go with another ultimate value pick top of the board. BPA, best player available, as you guys hear me say a lot. Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver from Penn State. I know, I know. People will tell you, oh, Penn State receivers, you know, they've been known to maybe not be so good in the pros. You know, oh, we drafted Derek Williams long ago and he didn't work. Who cares? Like, you know, this kid makes plays. The reason I think he fits the Lions is the Lions have two big, slender, kind of over-the-top, big-body guys now. They have Chark and they have Reynolds. Again, not like beefy guys, but guys that have long arms, kind of slender, go get the football, and, you know, in Chark's case, he can run by you as well. So you've done that. You have St. Brown, who's the ultimate slot machine, the ultimate, you know, do everything, hand it to him, all that. So you don't necessarily need the, the gadget player like Christian Watson who can run it and do some different things even though I like him a lot. John Dotson, to me, is a slot and an outside guy, as well as his stature just seems to fit. He's about 5'9", 5'10", 180 pounds, um, very fluid in his route running, dynamic, you know, the type of guy that could catch it and score on you in a heartbeat. He was also the guy at Penn State, so it's like he's used to a lot of footballs, and I just feel like that makes you very dynamic. Dotson, Chark. Reynolds, St. Brown. Then you get into your like depth tier guys like Cephas and Cleef Raymond and you know Trinity Bents. You know what I mean? You start working your way down where it's like those top four guys are your guys that are gonna play, the back three, four, your depth type guys that are gonna be there in case of injury or whatever it may be. So I I don't necessarily love Jahan Dotson personally, but I thought for what the Lions have done so far and what they need. The value and the you know position, um, just what it brings to you, I felt was worth this selection at 34. At 66, in the third round, again, one of my draft favorites. I couldn't pass him up. There were a lot of other guys that were interesting. A couple guys that I was like, oh, if I take him, I'm not going to get these other guys. But I took him anyway. Trey McBride, the tight end. From Colorado State. I mean, I've always dreamt of these double tight sets with him and Hawkinson, as well as, you know, just a, if Hawkinson goes down, you got this guy. This guy's making one hand catches on tape. He's physical. He can uh, stretch the seam. He can out, you know, run you over, run through tackles. Like, I like a lot of things about him, so I just couldn't pass him. And I need depth at, at, at that tight end spot because I may let Hawkinson walk eventually. I might get an injury. I might want to run two on the field at the same time. And right now, even though I think Brock Wright has a couple things, 
that would really boost that position. And if I waited any longer, you're not going to get anybody. I don't think they're going to necessarily be aggressive in free agency at that position. So I was like, I, I want Trey McBride on my football team. Again, he was a top of the board guy at that point as well. At 97, this guy did fall to me, which I was hoping for. I was like, man, if I take McBride at 66, I wonder if he'll be there at 97. Troy Anderson, the linebacker from Montana State. This guy's getting a lot of love recently. Um, freaky athletic scores seems to be what they do. Again, I just said maybe they wouldn't invest much in linebacker, but when you're looking at late third um, type round here, I believe this compensatory pick the Lions would get for Kenny Galladay. It seemed like a nice need, good player, and good value at this point. So I took uh, Troy Anderson. And this is where it got dicey. You know, we dropped down to from 97 to 176 in this mock. And I took um, Josh Thompson, cornerback from Texas. You know, again, he's not one of my draft crushes. He's not a guy really on my radar. But as I looked around the board and I read up on him, it was like he had some position versatility. I've always been a guy that say you can't have enough corners. I just thought like, yeah, the Lions have Mr. Okuda and they have A.O. O. Well, let, let me let the soundbite do it. Oh, baby. They got him. They got A.G. Parker. They got Iffy. Um, you know, so you're like, oh, they're good. But for me, the only place the Lions are, like, good, good is, like, offensive line. Uh, yeah, offensive line. So <laughs> they they can add almost any other spot, and I feel like corner, same. They're, they're decent there. They got some young guys with some upside, but... I felt like I'd add another corner there. And, like, this is the point in the draft, too. I knew, like, man, I haven't addressed that safety spot because I passed on it multiple times at 32, 34, 66. There was uh, Nick Cross, um, who I think is an ultimate pro. He's becoming one of my favorite players in this draft, depending on where they could maybe get him. He uh, was gone, you know, before I took my McBride-Anderson-type picks or somewhere in that range. So I just was like at 179, I was like, I want to get a safety of some sort. So I took uh, Corker, um, the kid out of Kentucky. He's athletic. He's played a lot of football. I just felt like he was the best at that position, guy that I was intrigued by. I believe he's a senior bowl guy as well. So, you know, that was a position I went with. Um, I double-dipped again. This might have been an overstretch, but this guy can play – corner i believe he can play some slot and even some safety and uh, williams cornerback out of houston felt like a decent value at 217 uh, 231 again i double dipped on safety because if they only put tracy in there i need some young cats as well as hopefully a veteran to get done at that position which safety is one of the weakest spots for the lines in my opinion so i went with one of my favorites jervon McKinley the third from Oregon. Um, most people say he'll go much earlier, but at two thirty one he was there. And then at two thirty nine, I I did the YOLO pick. It was like, hey, I I'm just gonna do this. I think that this may work out. It just might be a good pick. He might have more upside than you think. And I took one of the Sewell brothers. I took Nefe Sewell, linebacker from Utah. Now, well, I've done a lot of mocks, and I feel like it's because I took Malik. Um, and even Jahan Dotson that I didn't get some of my other favorites. And then as the board worked down at, from pick 176 to the end, I kind of didn't get a bunch of guys I love. And I don't see the Lions necessarily going two corners, two safeties, and two linebackers. That seems like overkill. But if you look at it now, they've only addressed the safety with Tracy. They haven't addressed the linebacker at all except for Anzalone. 
and uh, corner. Again, they probably think they're pretty good, but you may want to add a couple young bodies in there too, depending on what happens with some of your current guys. So I thought it was intriguing in those top few picks, Trayvon Walker, Malik Willis, Jahan Dotson, Trey McBride, and Troy Anderson, I think would be five guys that could probably start or play consistently for you in year one, which would really help the football team. So everybody... There you go. I got it. I'm what I'm about 40 some minutes, 45 minutes. That's usually what I do. Drink that in, everybody. Drink it in. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Please hit subscribe, tell a friend, rate us on iTunes, but definitely catch me next week right here on the Detroit Kool Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out.